and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Open your Bibles with me today, if you would, to the book of Genesis, chapter number 19. Genesis chapter number 19. I'm also going to look at the book of Luke chapter number 17. I want to preach to you, if you go to that next slide today, I want to preach to you a title called No Turning Back. No Turning Back. When I was a kid, we used to, we used to learn songs in kids' church and Sunday school, and there was a song that we used to sing called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Anybody remember that song? I have decided... To follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. There's like eight other verses, but I just like that. Come on, yeah. That phrase always stuck with me, no turning back. See, I was instructed as a child that following Christ is not a Monday through Saturday thing. It's not something you do while you're a kid just to get some good values in you. It's not something you do up until the point where you become adult, then you get too busy doing other stuff. No, I was taught you follow Jesus and there's no turning back. There's no turning back. And today I want to discuss what it means for us, whether we're new in our faith or our walk with the Lord, or whether we've been serving the Lord for many, many years and decades. I want to have a kind of faith that says no turning back, no giving up, no getting off track, no turning back. That almost sounded like a rap. No turning back. There's a story in the book of Genesis, chapter number 19, if you're familiar with the story of Abraham. Abraham has been called by God, and he's being... Uh, He's been given some, uh, some insights into who God is and what God wants for his life. And, and Abraham has, a, has some family, and God is tired of the filth and the sin and the wickedness in the world. I'm thankful that there is a God in heaven that gets angry at sin. I'm, I'm thankful that there's a God in heaven that warns us to turn from our ways. I take no joy in reading stories where sinners are destroyed, where people suffer the consequences of their actions, but ultimately, as I read the scriptures, I'm thankful for a God that says, if you don't change your ways, there will be consequences. Abraham is having a conversation. You could almost say he's debating God about some family, and I want them to be saved. And if you've heard the story, no doubt, of, of the man named Lot, and Lot has a wife. Interestingly, in this scripture, she doesn't have a name. She's just simply known as Lot's wife. So Lot has a wife, and let's pick up in uh, Genesis 19, verse number 23, if you'd go to that next slide. This is what the word of the Lord says. Uh, a little bit of background, sorry. A little bit of background. God says, get out of the city you and your family, get out now because I'm about to do damage to Sodom and Gomorrah, the twin cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, get out now. 
This is not time to go to Lowe's and buy some packing boxes. You're not going to have time to get on Instagram and look at decorating ideas for your next spot. No, this is you better get out because if you're left there, you're going to burn up with it. This is like the sirens are ringing, the radar, everything's going off. This is hurry up, grab the kids. Come on, tornado season times 100. You hear that siren, it's go time. And he says, you're going to go up, and this is what the word of the Lord says. And the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Next slide. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. He looked up and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. You can go to that next slide. This is what Jesus says in the New Testament. Three words. Remember Lot's wife. Now you can read those scriptures for the fuller context later on, but it's interesting, you can go to that next slide, talking about no turning back. The angels of the Lord came to Lot and his family, and they said, get out now. The Bible says that Lot hesitated. Lot hesitated, and the Bible says that they literally, they grabbed him. They said, come on, we've got to go, and they only gave one command. They said, don't look back. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. You've got to keep your eyes on where we're telling you to go. This is, again, a dire situation. Lot's wife was probably from that area, from Sodom, Gomorrah, um, kind of the northern region of of the Dead Sea. And she was probably from that area. And so at some point as they're heading up, the Bible says that she turns and looks back. And she became a pillar of salt. People say, do you honestly believe that a human being could turn into a pillar of salt? Friends, if you believe Genesis 1-1, the rest of the Bible's easy to believe. Amen? I believe that this story happened, and it's a story so much, so important that Jesus, as he's talking about following him, he says these words, remember Lot's wife. And the rest of that scripture right there, remember Lot's wife, is he who would lose his life will gain it. He who seeks to keep his life will lose it. So what is, this, what is all this going on? This is simply talking about the call that Jesus has for all of us to persevere. To persevere, to continue on, to be faithful in what we are called to do. This is a heavy sermon. This is a heavy sermon because you and I have known people that have turned back. No doubt you've known family members that life is going one direction and whatever happens they turn back. They go back. I've known ministers, people who have stood in a pulpit and preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus, who've turned back. My heart is not to talk to those people. My heart is to talk to us and for us to make sure that we have settled in our spirit, made up our minds, just as the song says, I've decided to follow Jesus, to have a no-turning-back mentality. There are always times that we're going to be tempted to turn back. 
And if you have your notes, I want you to get ready to take notes because I have several things I want you to write down and get deep in your spirit and, and, and really get in your heart because I want to encourage you today. You can make it. You can make it. In fact, as you keep reading right after this, the man named Lot that we just heard about, if you keep reading, right after this event, Lot does some pretty rotten things. But he didn't turn back. Come on, this is going to be good. You with me today? If you have your scriptures or your uh, outline, go to that next slide if you would. I want to talk about being on your guard. When do you need to be on your guard? Here's some times in your life that you will be tempted to turn back, to go back. Number one is this. Number one is simply this. When you are tired or drained. When you are tired and empty, burnout, done, fed up, sick and tired of being sick and tired, that is when you need to be on your guard. If you're like me and we have a four-month-old, I'm tired pretty much 24-7. Tired. Anybody ever get tired? Come on, raise your hand. Keep it up. Look around. Can you just look around? You're not the only one. There's times when we get tired, and when we are emotionally drained, just fed up, that is a moment that you need to be on your guard, that the enemy does not come in and try to tempt you to turn around to your old life, the old sources of comfort, what he brought you out of. Do you remember the story of... God uh, sending Moses and, and delivering of the children of Israel, they were in slavery for many, many generations. And they come out, and what happens is they get a little tired of walking, and so they say, maybe we should go back to Egypt. Think about this. They've been crying out for deliverance. God delivers them. They're on their way to the promised land, but once things get a little bit hard and they get a little bit tired, they want to go back. That is a moment we need to be on our guard. Number two, when we need to be on our guard is this, when you're confused, when you don't have all the answers you want in life. I was there this week. I'll be there probably again pretty soon. When you're confused, when things just don't seem to make sense, when life doesn't make sense, there's always going to be a temptation to turn back. I've met many, many people who, They've come to faith in Christ. They get fired up. They are all in with Jesus. But then something happens, and they say, wait a minute. This wasn't what I was expecting. I'm confused, and I'm going to only return mentally to the one thing I did know, bondage, because at least I'm familiar with it. You see, following Christ, there's going to be times when we're, we don't have the answers that we want to have. But you need to be on your guard when you are confused. Number three, you with me today? Number three is this, when you are facing pressure. When you're under pressure, that is a time that you can begin to compromise and to retreat and to turn back to your old life. When you're facing pressure. I think we are, as human beings, we're able to handle incredible amounts of pressure but even the best of us can succumb to certain pressures coming into our life. And before we know it, we've said, 
I can't handle this pressure. Next one is this. Another time when we need to be on our guards, number four, is when you are at a crossroads. When there are decisions to be made, when you have to make a major life decision, you see life going in one, two, three, four different directions, you need to be on your guard. I believe that it's God's will for us to learn how to make godly decisions. We always seek Him in, our, in, in understanding His will. We always strive and say, Lord, you need to reveal this. We need godly counsel. We need people in our, in our, uh, uh, in our life that, that can speak wisdom into our situations. But there's times that you just stand at a crossroad and you just throw up your hands and say, God, I, I'm clueless. Well, I'm being pretty vulnerable with y'all today. Anybody been there? I don't know which way to go. Be on your guard when those opportunities happen. And they may not even be bad opportunities. It may be something you've been waiting for and longing for, and when it finally presents itself, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is a little scarier than I thought, right? Don't get cold feet. You simply pray for God's will and be on your guard when you're at a crossroads. Lastly is simply this, when to be on your guard is this, when life surprises you. When life surprises you. I'm surprised at how much I'm shocked when life throws me curveballs. <laughs> it does it more and more and more, and I, I get, I get kind of tickled at myself because just when I think like, no, nope, I'm going to write this down on a notepad and life is going to go that way. Life throws me a curveball. And there's something about preparing something and then a surprise happens that you're, it just kind of th throws you off a little bit, off balance. And what we do in our human nature is we, again, want to retreat and go back and turn back. All of these situations we're all going to face in life, doesn't matter if you're 20, doesn't matter if you're 80, we're all going to face those moments, and you need to know to be on your guard. So what do we do? Well, let's go to the next slide and write these down. These are lessons from remembering Lot's wife. Number one is this. Don't underestimate the lure of your old life. Don't underestimate the lure of your old life. God said, I'm going to destroy this place. And they didn't want to leave. Isn't that funny? God says, I'm going to make this place gone. It's going to be a memory. And yet they still had a hard time leaving. And here's why. Our old life will always keep a little bit of an alluring element even as we grow in Christ. Don't underestimate that. I heard a story of a, a pastor who, um, when he was 20 years old and 21 years old, he, he was an alcoholic and, and his life was heading in a horrible direction. God radically changed him and saved him and everything's great. And, and 20 years later, he had not had a single drink, praise God. He's living that good life. And then he's taking his kids uh, um, to, a, to a church event. He drops them off. And as he's driving past a bar, the lure hits him so hard. And he goes, just one, just one drink. And he said, what is that? He hadn't faced that temptation in 20 years. And he had, kind of had to check himself a little bit. 
Where did that come from? Boy, that was a strong pull. And what it was is there was a lure from his old life. And I'm here to stay, just standing in front of you and saying this honestly. As mature believers, as followers of Christ, you're all in, right? You're saying, I'm in it. Be careful that you don't underestimate the old life. It's going to have a lure. Don't underestimate that. Number two, y'all might as well say amen because it's just going to get better from here. Number two, don't be surprised when old habits die hard. Don't be surprised when old habits die hard. That's why we shouldn't be too, too harsh on the Israelites complaining in the desert. Why? Because they've been used to it for 400 years. Even after God does a miracle for us, we can still find reasons to complain. Even after God brings us through something incredible, and he blesses us with something, sometimes just as the Israelites did, we can look and say we can start to complain about the very blessing we were praying for. I'm not exempt from this. Don't be surprised when old habits die hard. Let's move to the next one. Next one is this. Don't beat yourself up when you hesitate. I want to take a minute on this. This is gold. Lot's wife turned back. She, the Bible says that she looked back. Really, it's a stronger connotation than that. It almost means that she's saying, I, I, I want to go back. She turned back. But it's interesting that Lot wasn't perfect in the story. Lot hesitated. Did you catch that? Both of them were a little bit torn. But there's a difference between Lot hesitated but Lot's wife turned back. This is good. I'm thankful that God is patient with those who are saying, I'm following you, but ooh, this is tough. Hesitate. Come on, y'all. I'm thankful that God is gracious with those who, even though we've said I'm done with that. They still have heavy feet, right? And the Bible says that, this is good, the angel of the Lord grabbed him by his arm and pulled him. Don't beat yourself up when you begin to think, man, remember that time when I was 21 years old and I used to do that and I hung out with that guy and I went to this place and I did that thing? You can, we will hesitate, but don't go back. If you read the story right after this story, Lot commits unbelievable acts. He, he was still a work in progress, even though he was journeying on his way with the Lord. But he never turned back. Amen. That's a good point. Number four is simply this. Don't turn back to what Jesus saved you from. Don't turn back to what Jesus saved you from. We were talking about that this morning. People like to make sin to be a small thing. No, no. It cost Jesus something to go to the cross. We cannot make light or mock or look adoringly at sinful things that Christ died for. 
And it breaks my heart when I see people minimizing it. I, I believe in grace. Aren't you glad for that? The Bible says that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But never forget that he didn't simply walk down here and kick some dirt under the rug and just covered it up. No, he put it on the cross and it's done. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that somebody returning to their old life is like a dog returning to its vomit. It's a repulsive image. That's the point. That when God sees us turning back, it's like a dog returning to its vomit. And I have learned that in, when, I'm, when God is working something out of me, a habit, God's taking me to a new height. He's, he's, he's doing something in my life. I have learned that if I simply look to the cross, I have a bigger story, I have a bigger motivation for killing sin in my life. It's not to impress any of us. It's not so that I can say, "Woo, I'm better than anybody else. It's simply so that I can become more and more like Jesus. Lastly, if you would, let's look at a few things that we need to learn to do so that we make sure that we don't turn back. You would raise your hand and say, I, I want to live that life, a no turning back kind of life. I'm in it all the way to the finish line. I'm not going to run this race and then see the finish line and decide to tap out. I'm going all the distance. What do we need to do? Number one is this. Go to that next slide. Number one, it's time to let go of your past. I don't know who this is for today. Listening on the podcast here today, you're flirting with your old life. It's time to let go of your past. Maybe you've walked away from a habit. Maybe you've walked away from something, but you still feel guilt and shame. It's time to walk away from your past. When, when God told Abraham and Lot, said, y'all get out of here, they got out of there. It's time to let go of your past. Amen. Number two is this. Go to that next slide. It's time to move on to where God wants you. It, it wasn't just that God told Lot and Abraham, y'all better go somewhere. I don't really care where. No, he said, I want y'all to leave here and go to somewhere. This is good. When God tells us don't do this, it's not because he just needs an arbitrary set of rules because he's God and needs to tell us something. No, he says, don't do that because I have this for you. Don't do that sin because this is going to give you life. Don't live this way because I want you to have life, right? What does he, what does he tell them the moment before they, they walk into uh, Israel when they cross over into the promised land. He stands before them and says, See, I have set before you life and death. Choose life. I have something for you. And then number three is this. Musicians, you can come. It's time to let the past die. God didn't give Sodom and Gomorrah a slap on the wrist. It was gone. Erased. There's something about that, isn't it? See, it wasn't that Lot wanted to stay, but after he left, it was gone. There was nowhere to go back to. This is a good point for us as we kind of come to a close. God 
can handle our questions. He can handle our mess. He can handle all of that. And when we learn to follow him and we step out and we go and we don't turn back, eventually, hear this, eventually he'll put an end to our past. You see, Lot had nowhere to go back to. I'm thankful that if I think long enough, I can remember my past. I think I can, yeah, I used to do that. I used to be like that. I used to think that way. I used to act this way. But that's gone. He's forgiven me. And not only has forgiven me, he has taken that and he's replaced it with a completely new motivation for holy living. The same God that gives us free grace and says, I want you to be forgiven. I want to forgive you. I want to welcome you into my family. The same God that does that, after we learn to just start walking a little bit, we turn around and we don't even remember. It's one of the, one of the beauties of spiritual growth is that there comes a point when you look back and say, yeah, I don't even want to go visit that place. I don't even, it disgusts me to even think about that. Anybody ever been there? That you couldn't pay me to go back to where that was. If he's brought me this far, no turning back. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.